Hey, this is Chris Fox. And I'm Maddie Glitterati. Thank you for listening to the Dirty Pillows podcast. We're here to tell you a little tiny bit about one of our favorite things, which is Anchor. By Spotify. It's literally the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let us explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record, edit, everything for your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And when you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening pod, uh, listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It makes everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Totally free. Like no money. No money. <laughs> so download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. And we'll see you there. Ooh. Ahoy! Honey, that was a good one. <laughs> was it? Though? I don't. I'm being supportive. Thank you. You're my over-the-shoulder boulder holder. Oh. To behold her is to know her, ladies and gentlemen, ghouls and boils. That's Maddie Glitterati. Hi. And I'm Chris Fox. He's the queen of. He turned alliteration into a poem. I am a poet, and I know it, and my ears show it because they're long fellows. My mom used to say she wasn't a she wasn't the coolest, but uh, <laughs> today's dirty pillows is brought to you by childhood memories, irrelevant poetry <laughs> about your mother. <laughs> oh God! Uh, let's just jump into this. What's new? What's new? <laughs> hey, poopy pants! What's new? Well. We got an award show that was designed for us. It the other was night. amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Fangoria. <laughs> oh my god, the demons are just flying out of his body. <laughs> Did you hear that? I'm drenched. Do you remember Ghostbusters where like the little alien like slimes them like and, and Bill Murray's just like that's me right now. Just, just I'm like a library card in the beginning of Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters, what you want? Ghostbusters, what do you want? Yes. So we watched the Chainsaw Awards the other night. Yes, thank you, Shudder. Thank you, Fangoria. Before I died just then. I like that we're that. thanking them like they did it for us. But it felt like they, they did. did. That's exactly what they did. They did it for us. It was a gift. These are our gifts. Uh-huh. Uh, it's basically, for those of you guys who have never watched them or heard of them before, the Chainsaw Awards are like... What all the other award shows should be like, but are too scared to be like. And yep. it just celebrates horror and genre filmmaking. Yep. Um, and it's it's great. Uh, it, it was a weird experience, as all award shows have been in these times. It's like, I kind I mean, of just, I wish every award show would just take a break. Because <laughs> it's like, it's like if you... Imagine you're going to Disneyland, mm-hmm. and you're so excited to go to Disneyland, and then you get to Disneyland, and everything is closed. Yeah. But you still get to go inside and just look at everything, but you can't ride it. 
That's what going to a, that's I what watching that award year. shows we is like. We did that last year at Coney Island. Did, yeah, right. We yeah, where you go we Coney, Coney Island Coney and you Island. just look at all the rides, but like, everything's That'd be closed. nice if we could ride that. Like nobody, nobody can do any of these things yet. So like these award shows are like all virtual, and I like celebrating things, but it just feels like such a for someone like me who like award shows is okay, like my yeah. sporting event. I think that we need to preface this. You guys don't understand. How serious Chris takes his award shows. And not all of them. Just the Golden Globe Awards, the Academy Awards, the Screen Actors Guild Awards, the BAFTAs, and the Chainsaw Awards. And the Emmys. And the Emmys. <laughs> so, but I don't care you about know, the Tonys. awards. <laughs> I love the Tonys. The music ones I don't freak out about. But it... I used to as a kid. Nowadays, I just feel old and I don't know what all the bands are, so I'm not Who as enthusiastic. But, uh... The Chainsaw Awards was great because at least we had seen every single movie that was up. Yes, things. yes. That, there was, was one movie we hadn't seen out of mm-hmm. all the nominees, which is really that you can't usually say that for like. It's true. The other and, well, I, I felt like I felt like the Chainsaw Awards, it was perfect that they were virtual because horror, this entire genre, is something that we all kind of do from our homes. It's something that like we do. What do you mean we like, do them from our homes? Like, we watch these movies at our house. Like, but we watch other movies at our house, too. No, I know, but it, it's just it's just one of those things. Like, if you're going into, like, all, like, your, like, old horror classics, all those things, those are all kind of home viewing. And when you, and when you like, yes, of course, there's times where you're going to a theater to see all these horror movies for the first time. But when you revisit them and revisit them again, you're always at home. I guess. You know? I think there's nothing better than seeing a horror movie in the theater. That's, like, well, the yes, best of kind course. of movie to right, see in the theater. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's been really sad, but at least, yeah, like at least, okay, here's my biggest gripe. Oscar timey, which is, in case you guys are wondering, the theme, the theme for the episode today, uh, we're calling it, we need to talk about Oscar. We need to talk about. We're just going to talk about. Oscar. Yeah. The Oscars. Oscar. Who's Oscar? We're going to give it a. (laughs) Give it a once over and their relationship with horror over the years and, uh, discuss, yeah, the state of. Genre films in general and, and how they are treated by award shows and how we are missing out on so many things. But um, but what's so okay, so what beefs my jerky about the award <laughs> season this year, and I'm usually so enthusiastic. So besides the vir- virtual part being a little like awkward and not as much fun to watch. Because, I mean, because we're gay boys and I want a red carpet. I, like, That's half true. the fun is seeing everyone in their outfits. Yeah, you got to see what people And, like, who's wearing. presenting awards and the pe- people messing up. Like, the awards themselves are not really that important. Like, it, it I mean, you do tell that to me when I'm actually watching the this Oscars and throwing things the, at the TV. This is coming from the person that literally makes, hand makes ballots for everyone watching with him and insists that you are very much paying attention and you know who is winning. Yeah, there is, um, a, there is like, categories. a different scale for points and things. I I'm very, I, I get. So yeah, just, I'm very overly. He he doesn't care that much about award season. I swear. But this year, I don't really care as much. And this year, it's. I think the biggest reason is because they did all these different kind of like negotiations as to when movies could be released in order to count for the year. And this is for the Oscars. The Chainsaw Awards were amazing. But they did this, yeah, for the Golden Globes. It was like this too, and like it's like the movies that we're rooting for and the movies that were nominated are all things that came out like recently, like over the last couple months and it's not 2020 anymore. So we're doing like an entire award show for a year that is over 
And it doesn't seem fair to all the stuff that did actually come out in 2020. And they're not up for consideration because all the other stuff is coming out sooner. Like French Exit. You know, it's like it just came out and available to actually go see in theaters and you can't stream it anywhere. But it's not nominated anyway. Like, you know, oh, but it's like, not? no, I mean, like the stuff that is nominated, like Minari, no one's seen that really yet because you have to buy it. I think that you could, yeah. And it just came out like recently. The Nomad Land came out like within the last month. Like, it's like no. movies are coming out like it's well into 2021. And uh-huh. we're awarding things from a year that is over, and all the movies that are up for it are the things that are just coming out now. Yeah, it was... Which leads us, you know, like, so like so that was great about the Chainsaw Awards. At least it was, like, these are the movies that we actually watched during quarantine. And, yeah. Like, these are the things that, like, helped us get through it. Because before, I usually write, like, a list of all the things that I think I deserve these awards. And 2020... Was like a very odd year, like with my list, because it was a lot of like comedies, a lot of horror stuff, a lot of these little treats that we were given. Like that movie Palm Springs was like really good. That was so. That was a, a good lot one. of these like Chainsaw Award winners, like Possessor and Come um, and Host and Invisible Man. Those were like the top movies on my list of best films of the year. Of the year, yeah, yeah. Because all this other shit didn't come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> You missed the year. It's not your turn. Yeah, it's this it's, year should be like Elizabeth Moss winning Best Actress. Yeah, because she like, was in two goddamn movies. Yeah. Like she was in Shirley and in Invisible Man. And the fact that Shirley got nothing. she didn't get any attention for either of them. Nothing. And, and then they're giving her... it to Frances McDormand for the four hundredth time, and her movie didn't even come out in that year. It should be like Margot Robbie winning an Oscar for Birds of Prey. God, because then that and Invisible Man are the only movies that were in theaters before theaters went away. Well, yeah, I mean that that is what happened with the Tonys. Like for last yeah, year, yeah, they had like one nominee. There was there was the there was the for best actor in a new in a new. Mu- in a new musical, it was the lead from Moulin Rouge. He was the only actor nominated. I so, would love that. Like... That's my dream in life as a, an, an ex-actor would be to be the only nominee. <laughs> I feel like I'm not stressed out at all because I know that I won. I, hey, what if they, came out. I won. What if they just didn't give it to you? And it goes to anything else. Anybody but you. <laughs> but for the Chainsaw Awards, it was kind of cute when we were we watched it and we were a little bummed out. Because it was very fast, and there wasn't I know. really a we lot of nominees. We didn't, we didn't want it, you know, we wanted it, we wanted it to last just a little bit longer. There was no pop and circumstance. It was very, like, let's get down to business. And there was no clips. Yeah, I think that that was, that, that was the only thing that we kind of really wanted to see. And I, I wonder if that's just because of rights and stuff. Like, Other awards sh- just have clips. I want I'm a clip. I'm sure, but I'm sure that... I would love a horror show clip show. Like... This I'm is sure the that, year I'm sure that I'm sure that other award shows have a lot bigger budget. Yeah, I'm sure they do. And they have like purchased the rights to be like, and the father. And they also could have stretched it a little bit. Just like, I mean, I'm all for like their their acting awards were all gendered together. Yeah, it was gender neutral awards. <laughs> it was so it was you know best I lead like act that. like lead performance, best supporting performance. But then that meant there were only two acting awards. Right. And it's so rare that we get to acknowledge, like, actors in horror that it would have been nice to have four people win something and not just two. And it would have been nice if more than one person had shown up on a Zoom call to take their award <laughs> from the acting I categories. Mean, I mean, so yeah. Well, looking so, like, at you, Elizabeth Moss. Clancy Brown, like, won for Best Supporting Actor for Mortuary Collection, which is, like, a really cute kind of 
It was so good. I love that. Tales from the Crypty kind of shorts, like shorts kind of thing on Shudder. It was, what was, we talked about it in, um, when we were talking with Ryan. Was it Tales from the Hood? What about it? Tales from the t- t- Tales from the Hood is extremely similar to the Mortuary Tales. So, yeah, so similar. Yeah, yeah, like a mortician kind of talking to everybody, mm-hmm. talking to that girl. It was, but it was great. So like basically, like, but when we were watching, it was funny watching Maddie kind of get irritated because towards the end, it was just like a sweep for an invisible man. Yeah, it was. And he was, was getting so angry, and I was kind of like, but you loved that movie. I know. When we yeah, saw it. I mean, like it won Best Kill, and I was like, God. And but it like, did have the best kill. It did. It did. And, but he, Chris is like, you literally jumped in your seat and screamed in yeah. the theater. In the theater, Maddie freaked out. I was like, oh! I was like, when, it was so when loud. The, the throat gets sliced in the movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, you just like, you gay gasped for the entire audience. And I was like, yeah, it well, was, this is true. It's really fun. It's still, like, um, it's still my favorite. I thing. mean, I think, well, yeah, at that point, I was getting a little peeved because I feel like sometimes it's my hot take on it. Um, I think that sometimes that the horror community, you know, tries to kind of like sit with the big kids and be like, well, not the big kids, but like the cool kids. Sit at the adults table. Sit at the adults table and just be like, yeah, and throw all their support behind this mainstream film, like, um, like. Invisible Man. Invisible Man. But it's like, no, they still don't want, they still don't want to play with you. Like we're still... Not even going to show up. He's talking about Elizabeth Moss not I'm doing a good speech. Bitter. Um, yeah, but the director, like we, Lee Winnell was, was like there, amazing, yes. and yes. he won like yes, yes, yes. director and, and screenplay, awesome. and he was really cute, and he has really good toys and really good books behind him, and I was like, I'm going to be your friend. Yeah, there's so much Jaws stuff. So You're much like, Jaws stuff. I was like, yeah, daddy. You're like, you like stood up and were pointing it out by the TV. You're like, there's Jaws. There's there, Jaws, and there's Jaws, there. and there's Jaws. Yeah. Oh, and then I really love this Dan Martin guy. Dan Martin uh, won Best Makeup and Best Creature Effect Makeup, and uh, uh, he won for Possessor and for Color Out of Space, which were the two most, like, whoa, kind of, like, mm-hmm. films last year. And and I love that the same guy made both of those yeah. practical effect movies happen. Because they both had things in it that I don't think I've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Like, Color Out of Space, especially towards the end, like, this oh, mutation God. stuff that was happening is very the thing. Yeah. And, uh, and then Possessor, that whole part with the skin and the mask. That was so creepy. It was one of the coolest effects I've ever so seen. And there was so much blood. There was so much blood in that movie. And this guy just, yeah, he seemed really cool and fun and awesome. And I'm really excited to see what else he works on. Because he's clearly a, a very practical effect-minded person. And just got awards for two of our favorite movies. I w- See, I would have loved to have there be, like, you know how they have, like, the statue people? Like... Yeah, I would love like to a presenter. The, yeah, no, like, but that like. Oh, like the, the Miss Golden Globe yeah, person. The Miss yeah, Miss Golden Globe. I want to see the horror version of that. I want to be, be that. I know. I want to be that so bad. It can be us and Darcy. Yeah, Darcy from the last drive-in, and us should be the ones. To, uh, yeah, to pass out the chainsaw awards there to you people, go. Pass and we'll all wear like like kind of naked dresses. Yeah, off our assets. Asset. I'm into that very 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 much. <laughs> Um, and what else was campaign. like notable? Like, uh, so yeah, they gave like widescreen movie to Invisible Man, first feature to come to Daddy, limited to color out of space, and streaming to host. So those are basically like the four best pictures. I mean, host was one of the best movies. Host is my fi- host and possessor are both my top two movies, and they kind of go back and forth depending on which one I saw most recently. But 
They're it was so good. Everyone's trying to give um, what's that fucking movie that come um, mm, I'm not gonna remember it. Songbird. They're trying to. That's coming out. That's like it was a movie entirely made during the pandemic. And da, 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 da. and it's like they say it in like sexy ways. Yeah, but they're trying to be like all like super cool about it. But it's like no, the best movie that did it was fucking host, and they like it was a small low budget film, and it was just like from zooms and such a creative way of like taking advantage of this. I mean, host is genius. We haven't. To be fair, we haven't seen Songbird, so I don't know. It looks fucking awful. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what that movie is. It's, also, like... Uh, it takes place in 2024, and it's COVID-23, and everyone's been in lockdown for four years. Oh, no. And, yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny because people don't really want to watch anything that has to do with... Exactly. It's like we just went through this trauma. We don't need to see a more traumatic version of what we just went through. Um, I so, have a lot of, had a I'm very caffeinated today. Oh my goodness. Um, I think the the biggest crossover though into award season is <laughs> yeah yeah because that is nominated for an Oscar as well. Yep, it is. That's actually a really big deal that a horror film is nominated for best foreign film. Uh, that is possibly only the second time that's ever happened. So that's wow, pretty incredible. Uh. And yeah, and it's it's a really important film. And I loved the the awards for the series and for uh, yeah, like the series going to what we do in the shadows uh, was so great. Good. I really was rooting for Lovecraft Country just because that yeah. show just engaged me so much. But what we do in shadows is like a warm blanket kiss from vampires, and it's so funny. And it, I actually want to watch it again. And like I love right? both seasons are really, really, really brilliant and really, really fun. Uh, so, so yeah, congratulations to them. It would have been cool to see Lovecraft Country also take it because I think that show is really important and it that, blew me yeah. away. But yeah, what a good time for like spooky TV. In fact, next week, that is going to be our topic. We're going to tell you some scary TV stories and dreams and our favorites. Uh, And because the only other thing that's really super duper new is by next episode, (gasps) I will have been on television. Oh my God, my boyfriend's on television. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my show that I'm on, Exposure, uh, that is streaming on Hulu... It uh, premieres on April 26th, which is next Monday, this coming Monday, when you guys are listening to this. So, yeah, in just a couple of sleeps, I will be on your TV screens. If you guys have Hulu, you should get Hulu. Yeah. Um, How are you feeling about it? Crazy. Yeah? Yeah. Describe it. It feels very surreal. And because right now, everything's normal. Yeah. Everything's fine. And like a normal... Mm-hmm. Except for we just keep like seeing weird things, like my face on IMDb. There's like an ad or whatever that we saw today with like where people are sending me texts where it's like my face on their IMDb and it says exposure. <laughs> That's crazy. So yeah, it's just it's been it's been weird and we've been wait waiting for it to come out and it was a very fast process, but it, it's still felt grueling waiting. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Uh, I've I've heard you kind of talk about it and just like two feelings at the same time of just like, all right, when is it? I'm like, I'm ready. When is it going to happen? And then also like, oh, wow. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. (laughs) Like it's like (laughs) simultaneously feeling that. Yeah. It's like, I'm very excited to get everyone 
I, I, I'm very excited for everyone to see what we worked on yeah. and see the art that is made because I think everybody on that show is so talented and it's going to be really cool. It's a really, really, really To see awesome everybody. Cast. And it's going to be really fun to see it once, in my perspective, being someone that just like lived through it. Mm-hmm. But not being able to tell anyone about it and like then getting people to actually see the experience and see how they captured it. I, who knows? I don't know. Uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, but that happens on Monday. So that's very, very new and very exciting. And then on Wednesday to celebrate the first episode, we're going to take a dive down the history of TV and we'll each give you guys our top Har. list of our favorite spooky shows in history. So I love it. That'll be something to look forward to next week. Watch the show. And um, before all of that happens on Sunday, it's the Oscars. Oscar, Oscar, Oscars. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes, I'm quite excited. (laughs) So, Oscar has this weird prejudice against horror films. It's not the only genre. Basically, genre in general is not like an Oscar-friendly thing thing like they have historically been weird about comedies they're better at it than they used to be and like uh but comedic performances often get ignored uh the only way to have it worse than a horror film is to be a sci-fi film or you know an action (laughs) film like action films don't get nominated for anything except for like technical awards it uh but horror has this weird history where Mad Max get nominated it did Mad Max was the first action film to be nominated for best picture Oh. Unless you count the Hurt Locker, which I don't. I think it's like a drama, but like, but yeah, that's no, an action Max. movie. What the Hurt Locker? Isn't it the one where they have to go and detonate the mines or something? Yeah, but it's mostly like a drama. There's lots, lots of, of war bombs. movies. I don't think of and war movies of war as action movies. movies. I think of okay. action movies as like the Fast and the Furious or uh, okay, yeah, Aliens okay. or you know, like yeah, like Mad Max is an like action movie. fighting. <laughs> Superhero <laughs> movies are kind of considered action movies, kinda. Oh, action fantasy. <laughs> yeah. They could be fantasy movies too, I think. Uh, sometimes comedies. Uh, but but yeah, horror basically is this thing where like for a really long time, they weren't even really kind of le- seen as legitimate cinema. And yeah. it's is- only started to change over the last 30 years. Like, and even then it's not a huge leaps and bounds change. <laughs> like, yeah. There's kind of like these little categories. In fact, there's only been... Okay, this is up for debate, guys, and we can like discuss this in the comments. We can talk about it, but I'm gonna be open minded here and say that only two films have won Best Picture that are considered horror films. Okay, technically one, technically, okay. technically, maybe just one. If we're getting real nitpicky, maybe zero. <laughs> <laughs> but two, I'm gonna give it to two. Two movies have won Best Picture that could be considered horror. And besides those two movies, only five other movies in the history of time have um, have been nominated. So okay. there's only seven films that have actually gotten that position in the history of the Academy Awards. Which is so crazy because some of, like, first mo- moving pictures. I mean, and uh, the Oscars didn't start to, like, 1927, I want to say. I think it's 1927. So certain things that are like classic, like like Nosferatu or the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, those movies technically wouldn't have been eligible because they came out before there were Oscars, um, and they were pretty mind breaking. I'm I'm mind blowing. I wouldn't I would not be surprised actually if they did exist back then that that Nosferatu maybe would have picked 
one up or right because that, that was actually going to be exactly what so I was iconic ask. yeah but okay. um but all the universal monsters no nominations for best picture ever i think that i think that um and costello you know they kind of ruined it for him yeah well i think <laughs> if you look back at like the 30s like the things that actually still hold relevance in our modern culture from the 1930s is only really disney and like frankenstein and dracula and the women know? Sorry. Is that the 30s, though? Yeah, 1932. So, like, I feel, really? That seems so much longer ago than I thought. (laughs) But, yeah, like, it's really, there's not a whole lot. Uh, And, um, and yeah, they they just, they don't, they don't get there. Like, people didn't see Frankenstein or something as being, like, a work of art the way. What's ironic about that, or The Bride of Frankenstein, which I think won Best Sound. Yeah, like it won the Best Sound Oscar. Very wrong. For Bride of Frankenstein. It's like the 50s, right? 1939. Oh, that's not very wrong. Okay, well, that's better than me. (laughs) But like Bride of Frankenstein, for example, like got a sound Oscar. So like, um, you know, good screaming, good Ah! electric things, lightnings and stuff. But then you can fast forward to like the late 90s and there's a movie called Gods and Monsters that came out that's about James Whale, who's the man who directed um, Bride of Frankenstein. Who's in that? Who was a homosexual man. Yeah, I was like, that's Ian McClellan, right? Ian McClellan's movie, yeah. yeah. That freaking movie got nominated like two Oscars for acting, one for screenplay. So the the Academy likes it if you make a movie about About horror. About the right. Like the making of horror, (laughs) but not... Actually, a movie that is horrific. I mean, like, Ed Wood, like... Yeah, Ed Wood got, got Oscars. You can make movies about the making of it. I think Shadow of a Vampire got a nomination for, like, Willem Dafoe. Like, it's, like, if you're making something that's, like, a, about the making of Nosferatu, but, yeah. like, make f- fictionalized that he's, like, actually well, a vampire and killing people. Willem Dafoe looks like Nosferatu. He... Yeah, especially with the makeup. It's freaking it, unreal. I, I didn't know there was makeup. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the, like, the, yeah, the, like, the lucky five nominees and the two winners, the trick to getting those nominations really is to fool the Academy enough into thinking that your movie isn't a horror film. Okay. And it's basically the common thread of all of those movies. These are all the movies that fans like to gripe about and say that they aren't horror films. Like, I see this always about these <laughs> same movies. So, yeah, if you have your audience torn of, like... Yeah. The first, I mean, the oldest one that we have is the most legit horror film. Nobody in the world is going to, like, argue that it's not a horror film. Right. But the very first, like, best picture horror nominee was was The Exorcist. Yes. That got nominated for best picture in 1973. That kind of, like, set a standard. It was, like, obviously horror. But the movie was also nominated for 10 Oscars. Captain Handy? It was, like, a... a Captain Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> Dang it. And it was... But, yeah, a 10 nominations for The Exorcist, which is crazy. Like, that's so many for a movie that's that a dark yeah. and that edgy. You know? Um... The next one to come into it would be Jaws. That was like two years later. <laughs> we need to get a little tone for everything. I know. Every time we see Jaws, like, I knew it was going to be in this because it's an Oscar y movie. But like, um, Jaws famously didn't win fuck all. And it was nominated for a bunch of stuff. <clears throat> the most humorous. That's kind of crazy that, like, not even like special effects or anything. It's like, well, I don't think the special effects Oscar existed yet. I... Um, but like, but here's the gem for, like, Jaws. Like, Steven Spielberg, bless his heart, and I love him, and you know he's my favorite because I always talk about it. <clears throat> he infamously got snubbed <clears throat> for Best Director for that movie and didn't get nominated for Best Director. Oh, I bet he's pissed. But he had a, hired a film crew to come to his house and film his reaction to getting his nomination. <gasps> oh, no. 
and then didn't get nominated. <laughs> oh, no. So anytime he sees Steven Spielberg and he's like, well, gosh, he didn't know the movie was going to work. And I feel like I'm just really, when he does like a Taylor Swift, where he's like, I'm just really happy to be here and I can't believe this is happening. I don't 100% believe you because you're the guy that like, and your, sec- your first major feature film after like Sugarland Express, I guess your second major feature film, you hired people to come and watch you get your announcement. And mm. that's pretty intense for a 20-something year old director. Uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but he didn't. And he deserved one. He deserved to win. It was his, it was his Geraldo moment. That movie deserved to win. And um, but that was a tough year. Some of the some of these that are in there where you're like, well, duh, obviously that would win. It's because their competition was so crazy. Like mm-hmm. like Jaws's competition in the seventies in general. Any of these seventies movies, there's at least ten movies that should be up, and there were only five nominees back in the day. So okay, a lot of movies <clears throat> got kind of cut out late sixties, early seventies. Um, but yeah, like but Jaws. So yeah, Jaws lost out on pretty much everything. Then you had to wait another twenty four years before they gave another movie a nomination. Seriously, after Jaws, okay, twenty four years, and then they gave it to The Sixth Sense. What did Jaws? That shit. How is that not a, that movie? Scary. That scared the crap out of me. How does what does Jaws and Sixth Sense have in common? They are both movies that people argue aren't horror movies. How does someone argue? I don't. I've, someone does. People argue that. But the Sixth Sense is a, clearly a ghost story, you know. Yeah. And like, and in the oldest roots of horror, that's like one of the most original. I mean, that's one of the originating baseline like beginnings of horror. When we tell ghost stories to each other, so yeah, I think I think all of these movies are horror films. Totally, but these are just movies I hear people argue about. Like Jaws, arguably, is an action movie for the second for the last third. I'd see that, but it also yeah. he eats a guy in the most horrific way in the way that we it's all remember ter- from and our it childhood. Terrifies you. I mean, it's it's, it's a horror movie. It's it, a killer yeah, totally. shark. It's a monster movie, and like, but people will argue it. Um, and then after that, you had to wait like almost another 10, 11 years for another one, and that was Black Swan. And yes. Black Swan's another one where people argue See, whether that's horror or not. I don't know if that's a horror movie. See, some people consider it to be, but you don't think so? I think it's a psychological horror film. Yes. Yes. Not unlike Rosemary's Baby, which I think most people would agree is Okay, one. yeah. I feel, yeah, it's our It's someone losing their Mary. marbles and, like, repulsion just or something. Just my marbles. I just, just want to be perfect. I was perfect. I love that movie. Um, I still think Black Swan deserved to win that year, too. Like, that was up against... The winner of that year, the Black Swan, was nominated for Best Picture, was The King's Speech. And I ask you what movie you remember 10 years later more. Right. Like, Black Swan or The King's Speech. Like... Black Swan is iconic. It's yeah. a movie that everyone remembers. All of these movies, I think, are so iconic. She's molting. Sixth Sense, Jaws, Exorcist. You remember these movies forever, for yeah. the rest of time. Um, after Jaws, the couple year, like seven years later, we got Get Out. Yes, and that was awesome. And that that was just a groundbreaking. Like that 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 was a huge moment just for horror for black cinema. I mean, oh, I messed up. Oh no, <laughs> these are all the ones that got nominated and didn't win. I messed up our timeline, so I kind of lied to you a little bit, and I apologize. I don't ever want to lie to you guys. I like I I I want us to have a really open, honest relationship. But it wasn't firm foundation of trust. It here. wasn't. Uh, Sometimes we're wrong. It wasn't so like know. twenty six. It wasn't like twenty six <laughs> years until there was another one. It was. I'm trying to do math in my head right now as I'm looking at this piece of paper. It was still a long time. It was. It went from seventy three to ninety one. Okay, so seventeen. Uh, yeah, so it's like, no, well, <laughs> that's two, one, and three is We're two. We're terrible. <laughs> 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 uh, 
whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, it was like 15 years. But uh, then we had Silence of the Lambs. And Silence of the Lambs came out and actually broke the curse. It was the oh. first winner from a horror film. And it won friggin' everything. They took the tablecloths with them when they left. Like, yeah. they got the center centerpieces. But that's like... They won best picture, best director, best actor, best If you would like actress. to know a little bit more about that, you can listen to our previous episode. Mm-hmm. All about Hannibal Lecter. I'm sure that we'll have another one that's just about silence later, but... The episode before the last, right? Yeah. Yes. 12. <laughs> episode 12. Episode 12. But yeah, Silence of the Lambs was the one that broke the curse. And then it took, like, another, like, eight years, and then Sixth Sense got another one. Okay. Then Black Swan. Then Get Out got nominated. And Get Out was up against Shape of Water. Oh. Now, you can also... And Shape of Water ended up beating Get Out... One can argue, as I often do, that Shape of Water is also a horror film. So it could have been a landmark year where two horror films were actually nominated. But both Get Out and Shape of Water are movies I hear fans say are not horror movies all the time. I mean, I am in the camp that firmly believes that Shape of Water is Splash. <laughs> People sent me so many memes and gifts and stuff when they found out I love Shape of Water. It's they were like, the "It is just Splash." Film. And I'm like, I don't care that it's Splash. I love Splash too, and I like the creature from the Black Lagoon is my favorite monster. And like, give me them both at the same time. And I mean, and Michael Shannon is horror in that movie. He is terrifying. Shannon. He is the evil. With his rotten hand and like, <laughs> oh, gross! And he's like having sex with his wife, and there's like blood falling all over. Do you remember that? Oh, that movie's so gross. Yeah. Shape of Water has so many moments in it that I'm like, blah. And if that's weird, not the horror, then I don't know what it is. reality moment is... It's a... It's, yeah. I think it definitely has... It's a romance movie. It's a fantasy movie, but it's also a horror movie. I think that movies don't have to just be one thing. It's a monster movie. And a lot of these movies are multiple types of genres. Silence of the Lambs gets a lot of guff that it's not horror either. I think it's terrible. It's also a police drama. It's also like a psychological thriller. It's also a crime thriller. But... At its base, it's about a man who skins people and a guy who's a cannibal. Yeah. It and sure Jodie Foster trying to, like, navigate this universe. And dodging comes up. And I think that the fact that Jodie Foster won an Oscar two years before that, she legitimized that movie and it oh, made yeah. the Academy look at it and be like, maybe this is worth awards. But I think that if anyone else had played that role, Silence of the Lambs probably would not have even gotten a chance. Even with the same stuff. Even, like, like if it, if it was Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, because I think that Jonathan Demme was seen as the director of Married to the Mob. And if it was Married to the Mob's actor and the director trying to do something serious in this dark, yeah, they would have been like, <laughs> You're funny. You know? <laughs> they just... Nice try. Come back next year. Oscars are picky. And I think that, like, you know, a lot of these have, like, these little tricks. Like... It's that they can fool themselves into saying that it's not a horror film so that they can give it a nomination. But you need something to legitimize each of them, you know? Because at the time, Sons of the Lambs came out, like, Anthony Hopkins wasn't famous. He was, like, a culty actor, and he was, like, a British, like, theater actor. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't, like, a famous movie star. Right. And, uh, yeah, and I think that that hurt a lot of these, the movies that, like, we'll talk about tonight. Like, that uh, they, you know, just didn't have the thing that made people see past what their subject matter was, you know? I mean, I, have, I, I haven't heard anyone say, I don't, that I can remember, saying that Get Out wasn't a horror movie. Oh, uh, I've heard people say that a bunch. Well, they're wrong. They're like, it's not even scary. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I, yeah, well, like I said. obviously that was a white person. I, so. <laughs> 
I fight for all seven of these movies being part of the genre. They're all definitely part of our team. They're yeah. they sit at our table. They're in our group. And it's awesome that we had one year where there were two of them, you know? That's crazy. And I was really excited for Shape of Water because it was so different than the other ones, too. Like, Mm -hmm. it was... I like that it's a fantasy horror because both of those genres, like, fantasy also, hardly anything. Like, just Lord of the Rings, really. Everything else has not... Has only gotten, like, art direction or something like cinematography, maybe. Like, something pretty. It's pretty, but they never get, like, best picture. Right. Um, and this goes farther than just like the movies. Like a lot of it is like the actors. Like, and that's where it gets my goat the most. You know, like I see so many good performances in scary movies. Mm-hmm. I think you have to put so much into it. Like, and they, I think it's shocking that that you never see that acknowledged. I think that there's also, <laughs> I think there's also just so much bad acting in horror movies. That I mean, I guess, but like not in any of the things. Like for example, like not in any of those. Seven no, movies. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, because like it, it's one of those things. Like, yeah, to come off as like being terrified for extended periods of time. Like that's that's it's one of the hardest things that you can do. Yeah, or seeming like you're a crazy psycho killer, or like right. or doing some of this physicality that they have to do. I can't even imagine. Like, I cannot imagine. And like and. And that goes all the way back in through time, too. Like, how in the world does Bella Lugosi not deserve an Oscar for being Dracula? How does, like, like when you think of actors, like, you think of, like, Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff and these people that, like, Fuck played Karloff. so many different kinds of characters and didn't get, yeah, they didn't get that thing. Alfred Hitchcock never won a fucking Oscar. It's crazy, crazy to me. Like, it's just nuts. I think that it was someone that was saying it in the Chainsaw Awards, um was saying in um, that these are the movies that shape us, that, like, that kind of, to that same point of what, of what you were saying, like, who remembers a king's speech? Like, it's just, Yeah, like, these are the movies we remember. These are mm-hmm. the movies that stay with us. These are the movies that you think of when you think of great performances or great moments in cinema. Whenever they do these montages, that's also, ooh, this also gets my goat. Ooh, and I'm excited. Awesome, at award shows, a lot of the times they'll do this thing where they're like, Welcome to the spirit of movies, or like this is your life in movies, and it's like a film, cl- like clip snippet, like montage, mm-hmm. and it's like always like Spartacus and ET and Spartacus. like, but Ben Hur. Sixty percent of the movies are movies that they would never have given the time of day back when the movies were out. Like they're all the movies that oh, don't. Yeah. They always be like, here's Taxi Driver and here's Clockwork Orange and here's Jaws and here's like whatever. And it's like, yeah, because these are the best damn movies. Then this is what the award should be. Like it's always mm. when they gave Ooh. the award to like, uh, what is that? Up. The Hurt Locker movie. Okay, when Hurt Locker won, a it was amazing because they had a female director, first female director to win. All yes. about her winning. 100%. 100%. The movie? Ugh! That, that movie is awful. <laughs> and I, I really don't like it. And I really, really, really didn't like it. And that won against Avatar. In 20 years, it's almost been 20 years since then. <laughs> it feels like 50 <laughs> because we're still waiting for him to make another one. Avatar is still the thing that you remember. And the fact that that lost to that as best picture is ridiculous. It invented a technology that we still use. Is everybody and their mother saw it three times in the theater. It was the it was the movie that year. It was the Titanic of that year, and it, it was the number one movie of all time for almost a decade before Marvel came and took over. Yeah. And it lost to this little tiny movie about bombs. Oh my god! In the Middle East, I think it, 
and that's ridiculous. That just that type of thing drives me nuts. Like you really gravity, don't like war movies. Gravity did the same thing. Like it lost to something. I don't even remember what it lost to, but it lost to something stupid where it wasn't like it didn't blow me away. And I know I have an issue with like ooh pretty pretty. <laughs> I really do, and I know like. Best picture movies never are my favorite movies of the year. So the exception of Sons of Lambs and Shape of Water, which are the only two movies that have won Best Picture that were my favorite movies of those years. Uh-huh. My favorite movies always win Best cin- Cinematography. It's like uh, almost always. Like the picture I, I think wonder, is the best. What is the reason I behind know, right? that? Maybe because I'm a photographer. <laughs> but I care about the photography of a movie. And I think that the, the visual eye candiness of movies, the, the idea of going to a cinema and being like, wow. Yeah. Is why I go to movies. That's what I want to award. Like, when you can give me goosebumps or when I can be like, how the frick did you do that? Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Like, there's a tiger in a raft with a little boy, and then there's the ocean. Like, and just, like, these things that I don't understand. Sandra Bullock's in space, and, like, it seems Sandy. so real. Those movies are cinema award in my brain. And I love when little underdog movies like kind of come in scrappily and then take over and and get that. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, those things don't win either. You know, it'll give it to something middle ground like Green Book or like Crash winning over B- Brokeback Mountain. Like these things that are not as good as the like either give it to the little one that really, really deserves it or give it to the big thing that made every one of us gasp in a theater. Don't just like middle ground us. And be like, oh, maybe La La Land. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, oh my goodness. Sorry. That's that's just how I feel about it. <laughs> I'm mild- I love it when you get... Okay, guys. I'm mildly is- passionate about you this. You see how passionate uh, my partner is here. Whenever Oscar season or any sort of award shows, this is the energy that comes out of his mouth. And it is so exciting. And that means once a year, you guys get it too. All right, yeah. let's talk about actors. Yeah. I'm going to give you some actor history. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so in the history of the Oscars since the 1927, fewer than two dozen actors have been nominated for horror roles. Fewer than 24 people. Wow. Um, of those people, only six people have ever won acting awards for horror movies. So that is a little bit more than possibly two, possibly one movies winning for Best Picture, but only six people. Okay, so get this. The first one was in 1931. Mm. And that was Frederick March, and he won for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And he played oh. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I think that is, well, crazy, awesome, deserved. And I think that that's actually funny, too, because with Invisible Man being the big, like, revamp of the Universal Cinematic Universe and, like, uh-huh. it actually being incredible and, like, being worthy of winning awards and stuff, the one I keep thinking of, because they keep trying these other ones, like, The Mummy was kind of bad when they did yeah. that. And, like, some of these other ones are going to be tough. Like, yeah. how do you do Dracula again and make it new or whatever? <sighs> the one that would be the easiest to make really freaking cool and badass and also be, a, like, a really good um, actorly piece would be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Nobody's made that movie since, like, the 90s. And, like, that... There's Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde. No, they... <laughs> 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 I was thinking of the movie Mary Riley. Have you ever seen Mary Riley? Oh! That's a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie, too. Isn't that... It's John Malkovich as and Julia Hyde. Roberts. Yeah, the Julia Roberts with no eyebrows. I always and thought that this is Mary. That, that's the one that I always thought was Mary Shelley, and it was the story of the author that did I, Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah, no, Mary Riley. She's a maid that lives with Doctor. Mary Dr. Riley. Hyde. She oh, has to like just... skin real eels in it. Oh no, Mary Riley! <laughs> <laughs> and oh, people like saw it and were just like, "No, no, I don't think so." I think Glenn Close is in it too, as like this kind of like 
Cortezani. It's another one of her Glenn Close's breasts are as high as to her chin as possible kind of movies. And she has like this mole on her. Um, oh my God. That movie is worth a rewatch, I think. It is... Um, Mary O'Reilly. Mary Riley. It's oh, very Riley. it's very unpleasant. I want to watch it. And seedy and dark. And and audiences were in this phase where they like only wanted Julia Roberts to be pretty woman. And still Magnolia's and like and she really wanted to like branch out and be like, Lush I'm Tinkerbell and I'm you know And I'm gonna skin some eels. It's gonna skin some eels. <laughs> And they're like, no, we want you with long, pretty, luxurious hair, and we want you to have two eyebrows, please. Just let me skin some eels. She's a Scorpio. She wanted to, like, play and do weird stuff, but they were just like, no. No, that's not. Do Aaron Brockovich. It's not really working in our investment. It's not (laughs) the return we were looking for. But that's the last, like, that's the last Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie that I remember seeing, and that was, like, probably the 94-ish. So I I think that should be done. I did a photo shoot of Alan Cumming once as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde mm. because that's the energy he gives me as well. Um, he would, I mean, I, I, I saw him in uh, when he did his one man Macbeth on yeah. Broadway, and that was nuts. He's <laughs> such a genius. I think, yeah, I think Alan could do that role really well. I mm-hmm. think, but it would be fun to see, it would be fun to see them give that to somebody who's like a good veteran character actor that's really put in their, their dues. And not gotten the credit they deserve, like Alan or somebody like that. Um, not just like some young pretty boy or something. I want it to be like an actor that we want to see succeed and do something yeah. really cool and new. I think that's something that's a common thread with a lot of these performances. I like. Um, I find it really interesting that these little things are just an award, right? And I get that that's not, in the end of the day, that's not important. But what it could do to people's careers is fascinating to me. Yeah, like, uh, like do you if people get anything get, extra when you win? You win, like, an award, but then you get, like, different roles. You get respect in, in the industry in a different way. You... But there's nothing, like, other besides a statue that you get. <laughs> like a special gift bag. I don't know, yeah. Do you get, like, a special takeaway? Cash in prizes? Yeah. I don't think so. I think you just get an award, and then, like, everyone wants to dance with you at the after party. Right. And then um. the next day, your phone rings a lot more than it maybe did couple weeks before i think that's why it irritates me when people that are like super duper duper crazy famous that are like so a-listy a-listy get their like oh it's finally turned for them to get their best actor or best actress award and i'm like they don't need it like they don't need it like give it to the person that needs that like to like move forward like give it to the like latin actress that's from south america that no one's ever fucking heard of in hollywood and don't give francis dormant her second oscar you know like like do something only be her second this one will be her third if she wins, I think. I mean, I really... I, I have a feeling we'll... Are we, yeah, we'll, 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 get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Get ahead All right, we were like, yeah, okay. Let's go back. So we were talking about Frederick March, who got nominated in 1931 for a horror film, which is pretty cool. Yes. Then we had to wait until 1968... What? ...to get another one. <laughs> <laughs> another winner didn't happen and until I can, 1968. I, I can let you know that's 37 years. And this is the first time... That a horror film that was considered a legit horror film won a major award. And this was Ruth Gordon, 
Yay! My favorite old lady out of many old ladies that I love, Ruth Gordon is by far my favorite, and she won for Rosemary's Baby and won Best Supporting Actress. Ah, and she deserves it for that. And she won it in her seventies. I thought you. I really thought you were going to say she, she won it in, in her sleep. And she did <laughs> win it in her sleep. <laughs> Mrs. Castavet and Rosemary's Baby is one of the best characters of all time. I love that she's in that and in Harold and Maude, and both of those are two of the two of like my role models in completely different opposite universal <laughs> spectrums of like who I would become someday when I'm old. Like I wanted to be. In like Manhattan with like blue mascara and eyeshadow and some fun moo-moos and just be up in everybody's business. I wouldn't want to like sacrifice their child with Satan, but I think maybe I'd light some candles and be like, hey, I planted these things in the garden. <laughs> I just relate to her and then really, really relate to Maude and Harold and Maude. Like, I still do. I can see both of these things. This is your future. Like, I love... Does that I, make me Harold? No. No. I'm not that Because, they, no. Because he's much younger. I, like, and he's much more depressing. You would be like the husband that died. <laughs> what? <laughs> and Harold and Maude. She's like very like, I've already had my great love. Uh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like, a really cute When I'm in my 80s or something. Maybe there was, I don't know. I'm not putting that out in the universe that you're going to die. I'm just saying, like, your character wasn't represented in that film. <laughs> You're not like a suicidal teenager. <laughs> not Thank anymore. God. There you go. My time dating those happened lasted, in the 90s, and they're never happening again. It lasted again. six weeks. It was my freshman year. God. So she was the first time. She was, like, very cute when she won. She was very, like, I think this is going to do great things for my future. You know? <laughs> She's, like, adorable. Watch it on the internet. It's really freaking cute. Um, and then after that, it was damn near almost another 20 years before somebody else won. And then it was when Maddie's mom won. <gasps> Kathy Bates in Misery. <laughs> I didn't even have to look at the cheat sheet. Mm-mm. I knew that one. Yep. And your mom won one for Best Actress. She's so amazing. She deserves everything. See, that's a person who is a theater actor who needed to win. That changed her life. That changed her yeah. career. That mm-hmm. gave her a billion different opportunities. She's still around now. Changed her for the better. Uh, She deserved it. And we need to do that to people more often instead of giving it to the person that's like going to bring people onto watching TV. Are we just talking about the awards in general? Yes. I think that like in general, (coughs) awarding like underdogs deserve a little bit more time in the sun. Right. I think. So and then pretty much you're saying, to... Margot Robbie, your time is up. You've already won your awards. Give it to somebody else. Margot Robbie hasn't won any, though. Oh, I was wrong. No, she's, she's just, just nominated. nominated a lot. Susan Lucci of right now. She's like the Michelle Pfeiffer of right now. She's just like young and getting nominated for stuff a lot. Uh, she hasn't won yet. She's gonna. And then after... She's, she's gonna get into that. Kathy Bates started this kind of like horror renaissance and awards land. Like she won... It was this big deal. It was a big surprise. It was like, oh my God, Kathy Bates won the Oscar. Amazing. <laughs> the next year, Silence of Lambs came and won all the Oscars. <laughs> and oh. we're like, yay, horror has a good reputation and they're totally accepted now and they're back into the world. Nope. Then we waited another 21 years for someone to win. <laughs> they were like, we gave it to Kathy Bates and Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. We're good. We're good for a while, Let's right? Do a We've lot. met our quota. Does Gwyneth have one? Oh, <laughs> you know, <God. laughs> she's the best supporting actress for a head in a box. No, my God, I wish that she. I would have given her a best supporting actress nomination for Seven. I think that she, the few scenes she's in are so so well done. 
so sad, so, so, so beautiful and so memorable. Oh my God, the scene where she's like telling telling Morgan Freeman that she's pregnant <gasps> and wants to leave the city and she's scared, it breaks my fucking uh, heart. Yeah. The fact that she won an award for Shakespeare in Love and not Seven is frustrating to me. <laughs> <laughs> like this is what I mean. I feel like we award people for the wrong things, and we. But then we you just, just kind of like make up for. It. They're like, oh yeah, by the way, you yeah. should have gotten this a while ago. Here you go. And they fix it for something else. And I think that that's silly and ridiculous. You know that Jared Leto doesn't know where his Oscar is. <laughs> he missed. Someone what? stole it like the night that he won it, and it's still missing. Oh. And he's like, I hope whoever has it is enjoying it and taking care of it, but I don't need it. That's all. I mean, that's a really healthy, wonderful way to think about it. Yeah, right? I don't know if I could do that. No. Be like, where the fuck is my Oscar? I don't want Jared Leto to not have his either. I love him. I think that he needs... He has a cult. What else does he need? Whoever has his Oscar, you give it back right now. (laughs) You give it back. It has his name on it. He deserves it. He's beautiful. He's beautiful. And I love him. And he is my friend. Give Jared Leto his Oscar back now. Didn't you guys sing together before? There's a thing. We'll talk about it. Later. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Me and Jared always have journey. I just, I like, I think <laughs> he deserves to have his Oscar back, please. The only other person that's ever won an Oscar for acting ever, ever, ever in the history of time is Natalie Portman, and she won for Black Swan. Okay. And deserved it one hundred and fifty thousand yeah. percent. I was actually did. dating a boy that was like really against her winning when she was nominated, and How it was like this was thing. Was that Oscar night for you? It was problematic. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> was so angry by the time it was like happening that I was like, I wanted, I was like, you leave, need to leave the room while I enjoy this moment because she'd been winning every award. It was uh-huh. like a, kind of like a given that year. And I was like, I need this. Mila Kunis didn't get her, like, just let me have this See, moment. Mila Kunis is an actress who needs a goddamn Oscar. And she's so good in Black Swan too. Like, and he was like, it's not always her dancing. Like, there's, but I'm like, of course it's not always her dancing. She's an actress. She's not a ballerina that's been training her whole life. She learned for like six months and she did a damn good job. Do you know how hard ballet is? Oh my it's, God. I had to do ballet if you as a don't kid. Do, I mean, yeah. And if you don't know what you're doing, it's, yeah. It's, it's painful it's, and terrible. It hurts. Your body's not supposed to move like that. <laughs> and since when does the best actress have to do perfect like swan lake ballet? It's more about how crazy she is in her dressing room and all this other stuff that she's doing with her face and her eyes. Natalie Portman has this ability to act with just her face and you read everything on it and and she's had this talent since she was like nine years old Mm -hmm. like it's bizarre to me how talented she is and she like and she literally has carried that her entire career she's had like a little misstep of being in these damn star wars movies that kind of sucked but like it wasn't her fault but everything else that she's done has been like a plus caliber her entire life so she fucking deserved it. And then I'm so happy that she got it. And if I had my way, I would have nominated her for that movie that you hate so much. Annihilation. <laughs> it annihilated me. Can't stand it. I've, I give, I've literally tried to watch that movie like three times. Whatever. I don't want to talk about it again. I love it. I would have given her a nomination for that also. But mm. yeah. So those are the winners. Wieners. Those are the wieners. <laughs> Throughout the rest of the time, while those things were happening... There's been like a little bit here and there of them trying to give love to people. Maddie's doing like a little dance. I am, but keep going. Okay. So like like I mentioned earlier, they they like throw out these little bones for movies from time to time to show like that they're open-minded and that they like scary movies. Like Bride of Frankenstein got the sound award 
Femme Opera got like art direction and cinematography in 1943. The Bad Seed, which is an awesome like little killer kid movie from 1956. I need to correct something you said. I'm sorry. She got like that movie got three nominations. What did I say that was wrong? Nothing. You forgot whatever happened to Baby Jane and Betty Davis. What about it? It was nominated for Academy Awards. But she didn't win. Oh, I don't remember. She wasn't a winner. I'm sorry. Sorry. Didn't forget. She's on here. <laughs> oh, okay. I I got I got I got ahead of the syllabus. I got ahead of the syllabus. My no, apologies. no, we were just saying winners. Like no, I'm like yeah, we're talking like things that won that are horror that are not best actor, or best actress, best um, supporting or best picture. But, like, they throw bones, too, you know? Like, um, they'll give a lot of nominations, too. Like, Bad Seed got, like, three just for acting that alone. terrifying. Yeah, like, three different actors got nominated for that movie. And, like, yeah. Uh, Psycho. Oh, Psycho in 1960 was nominated for three awards. It was up for, or four awards. Up for Best Director, Best Supporting Actress. Won nothing. Um, the most crazy year, in my opinion, is... 1968. 1968 was... Picture it. One of the best years in my mind, like, of all kind of art. Like, it's like when hippie art was incredible, music was incredible, movies were starting to get really weird, the studio systems were falling down, uh, uh, the world was in turmoil, like, uh, uh, people were making change. It was an amazing time. And it's the time I would always, like, go back in time to, like, live in, if I could, like, 10 years before I was born, like, be, like, late 60s. Probably a little sooner so I could be a teenager in that time. It would be really fun. Right. But uh, in 1968, Night of the Living Dead came out and huh? Rosemary's Baby came out. Ah. Night of the Living Dead ended up changing horror cinema for the rest of time. It created its own genre. Like, it also was the most politically forward and very, very relevant Progressive, film. yeah. It blew people away. No one knew even what to do with that movie. And it is still just as valid now as it was in 1968. Mm-hmm. Rosemary's Baby, on the other hand, was a best-selling author, uh, best-selling book, a director at the top of his game, an actress that was a huge ingenue that was like a model that like everybody knew about. It had all these trappings, and then that was the one that got a bunch of like nominations. Like it was nominated for best picture, best director. They didn't nominate Mia Farrow for best actress, which is freaking crazy. That is so. <laughs> And then to give Ruth Gordon, who I love, and we just went into, like, how much I love her, to give Ruth Gordon an Oscar for what she does in Rosemary's Baby and not even fucking nominate Mia Farrow is nuts to me. Because what Mia Farrow does maybe looks easy, but I swear to God, it's a lot harder than doing what Ruth Gordon did. Ruth Gordon could do that role with her eyes closed, half asleep. You could drug her Ah. and prop her up in the room, and she'd be like, oh, darling. (laughs) (laughs) She's amazing and charismatic, and you remember her, but she is not. That is not the performance that you watch that movie and think, like, what an actor. Right. You think that about Mia Farrow. Like, what she does is impossible. And this she goes through dream. so much emotion in that movie. Yeah, Mia Farrow. But Oscars are like that, you know? Then Exorcist came out with, like we said, 10 nominations. First time being nominated for Best Picture. It won two, it won Best Screenplay, which is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. That's the first horror movie to kind of win something that legit. Then Jaws, with all their nominations, and they won some tech stuff, but yeah, not, no, best director. Da, and da, da. Ellen Burstein, I'm sorry, just about The Exorcist, like, mm. the, neither of the actresses did. They both were nominated? They were nominated, yeah. neither one. Yeah, Linda Blair and Ellen Burstein were both nominated, neither of them won. Okay. 
And that kind of goes along with a weird, I was going to say this, like, kind of like a coulda, shoulda, woulda section, but, like, while we're talking about it, when we were saying what it would do for somebody to win, I think the main person I think of when I think of that statement is Linda Blair. And, like, how much Linda Blair winning an, an award for what she did in that movie would have done to help her career, as opposed to it being like, this is your breakout performance and it's going to destroy the chances of you ever getting to have a, no, a normal career. Uh, yeah. She... And she would have gotten the Oscar. That would have changed everything. Yeah, she would have gotten offered all sorts of stuff. And would be like, she's an actor. She's acting. When you win an award, for some reason, it lets audiences separate that your role from you as a real human being. So, like, Anthony Hopkins winning Best Actor for playing Hannibal Lecter meant he could be all these other characters that he wanted to play because they didn't just think of him as Hannibal Lecter. He's an Oscar-winning actor that played a scary right. guy. Mm. Linda Blair was a kid that did something that a child... Like, I can't think of any other child nominee. There are children that have won Oscars that are... It, God damn it. Like, like I, I feel like you're, the word. I love Tatum O'Neill and I love Anna Paquin. Like, I love you guys. <laughs> but Anna give Paquin. me a break to tell me that anything that Tatum O'Neill does in Paper Moon or Anna Paquin does in the piano is better than what Linda Blair does in The Exorcist. What a glorious day for it's exorcism. crazy. But those girls, they won. Careers blew up. Yeah. You know? Blew up. <laughs> I. Anna Paquin just is like mildly irritating as a child and like speaks for for Holly Hunter. I feel like she's proven herself better as an actress now. If Linda Blair would have won that Oscar, she would have had a career very similar to Anna Paquin's. I think that she would have maybe almost been a Jodie Foster. Like she would have gotten to play all different kinds of parts and like shown that she had a lot of variety. I mean, Linda Blair seems like a goofball and like a silly goose, like in interviews now and like, but she seems very shy and guarded. But I think it's because people. We're literally terrified of her as a kid. Like, yeah. people don't know how to react to her because of how iconic that character is. And yeah. I feel bad. Like, when I when I think of it, it makes me feel shitty that we treated, like, a kid as though her character and her were the same person and didn't acknowledge, like, what you went through in that movie, what everyone that was in that movie went through deserved yeah. to win stuff for it. Ellen Burson got hers later, you know, and she got she said two. But I was really like, kind of, I was really glad that he didn't that the documentary for of him on Shutter didn't win. <laughs> because it was he, I mean the director, no, it's just because he just seems he seems kind of mean. I mean, it was a different time. I feel like a lot you hear the same stories about all these different directors in the 70s. Like the stuff that they did to get their movies done. Mm. were shocking and a lot of them like looked up to people like Hitchcock that they knew did crazy shit to their actors and they're like oh well if it's good enough for him <laughs> like and I think that that's part of the problem you know like yeah. anything to get the thing which in the 80s kind of ended we're like hey hey <laughs> you can't torture people right unless you're doing a horror movie <laughs> then we're not gonna police you all the torture stories you hear about in the 80s are all in horror movies. It's never like a major movie like The Exorcist or something. It's all like, oh, we were doing like this, like Tales from the Dark Side. And like, I fell off of a building, you know, like, like <laughs> we're doing something really fast and cheap and easy. Oopsie magoopsies, like someone died. Like in a helicopter, <laughs> he killed four people. Like, But it's like, yeah, doing something on the cheap and doing something quick and easy uh-huh. as opposed to like, this is the way things are done. By big name Academy Award nominated directors. Like, well, just throw the actress across the room and see what she does, you know? 
hurl birds Step at her face and see if she gets like scared. Ellen back. It's a very different time. But the rest of the 70s were kind of like the same. Like they, you know, the Omen got best score. That's a big deal. Alien got best visual effects. And that's a sci-fi one. I visual mean, that effects. One, that one deserved that. And visual effects starts to become like the consolation prize. They will give visual effects and makeup awards to horror films, but only if they're really good. A lot of times the makeup award will lose to something like the hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoever molded when Nicole like Kidman's goddamn something nose. that you're like, oh my God. But like every now and then they'll get it right. Like, I mean, also it goes of note that like our, our namesakes, um, Carrie only got two nominations and it was only for the for the Piper and for for Sissy Spacek, like they both got nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting. Both, um, you know, that was the only thing that they got. I think those two roles are Mom. two of the best acting performances of yeah. that decade. Piper Laurie is maybe one of my top ten favorite villains of all time in that movie. Like mm-hmm. she deserved more, you know, she more, she more, just... more. <laughs> but I feel like also that was, I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, um, which is a high probability, but that she's one of those, also kind of one of those actresses that after that, you couldn't necessarily separate her away from that. Piper Laurie kind of, yeah. It's a hard thing to do to separate that see, character. Yeah, because I, I still mean, see like, it when I see her in like The Faculty or like on Twin Peaks and stuff where like it's like, oh, it's. Mama, you know, like yeah. she's she's different, Mama. but she has a way of talking that's very specifically like her lilt of talking that mm-hmm. we associate with Margaret White, and it just is Piper Laurie's voice, you know. Okay, but uh, but yeah, I would have liked to see her get to maybe Piper Laurie just like that's that's what she's that's what she wanted. That's what know? she does. Like the eighties. There's nothing, you know, like there's right. like the only thing that they won at all, like American Werewolf won for best makeup, obviously, because it is the best makeup of all time. Uh, Poltergeist got nominated for three Oscars, but didn't win any. Fly got nominated for makeup and lost to like some like Victorian movie. Like it was like one of these things where it's like these makeup effects where you're like, I can't believe this is even real. And then it didn't. I think everyone's just mad that the fly didn't look like a fly. The thing didn't get nominated for anything. Well, that's because... <laughs> I saw that really great meme. I thought that was so good. It was that that I showed you the other day. That was like, the thing is just like, you guys don't get it now, but your kids are going to love this one. <laughs> <laughs> the only movie in the 80s that really broke a bunch of stereotypes and broke, broke a bunch of like, quote unquote, rules and like uh, prejudices yes. was the, it was Aliens. Aliens. Mm-hmm. The sequel. sequel. From, yeah. Um, when you look at that on paper, it actually is probably the most groundbreaking Oscar like breakthrough of that time period. It uh, it got nominated for Sigourney got nominated for Best Actress, and yeah. when she got nominated for that, that was her being the very first woman to be nominated for Best Actress for a sci-fi film, also for an action film, and then it's a horror film as well. Yeah. So it was like. Because if you think about the people that were nominated for Best Actress before, that like you know, were they were mostly all supporting, you know, like all the all the people that were getting credit for acting that were women. So Sigourney, like, if she had won that, she would have been the first for all of those things. And 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 if you look at all the nominees from like 1986, she's the one you remember. Yeah, 
She deserved it. And it would have just been like, so like, oh my God, can you imagine we're going to give this crazy alien sequel movie like a bunch of Oscars? But it was, and it won most of its technical categories and it got seven nominations. And if you think about that now, that's kind of nuts. Yeah. I can't imagine aliens coming out now and any of these new alien movies coming out and getting seven nominations. But that one's the one that showed the most promise. And then like the early 90s, then it was like this Kathy Bates, Jodie Foster thing. So I it's like, like it Oscar shaped. got liberal at the end of the 80s. And the only thing I can think of that that would cause that is, I don't know, cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> like, if we think of what's happening in Hollywood, like 1986, 87, 88. There's a lot of cocaine. <laughs> I think a lot of people There's in There's a lot of cocaine, like, They'll just give it to that lady with the, with the aliens. I feel like if you shaved off Sigourney her hair like in Alien Three, which I still have to see, um, she would and she she kind of her body frame would kind of look like Oscar. I mean, she's statuesque. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is no Oscar, only Zool. Sigourney. I'm going to make a bold statement and say something that I've never actually said out loud, but I've actually thought oh. it before, but I've always felt like it was traitorous. And I'm going to say it even though I feel traitorous saying it. Of every person that has been nominated for an Academy Awards that has not won one, the person that deserves one the most is Sigourney Weaver. And I'm saying that over Michelle Pfeiffer, which is what <laughs> I'm saying that in general, like over the course of her career and the amount of nominations she has. She deserves it the most. Michelle Pfeiffer is usually my answer for that, and I think they have okay. the same amount of nominations. But and they both have never won. But I would venture to say that the roles that she that Sigourney's been nominated for yeah. deserve them more. I would, and she's would often nominated like the same year for two different parts and stuff. Like she's one of these people that just is consistently incredible always. And in the '80s, especially, she was like just at a different game than a lot of other people were, and uh, taking risks that a lot of people weren't taking. And she just looked so different. Yeah. She did that one movie. It wasn't a big movie, but it was like she, Brian's song or something. It was all about like it was all about her gay son and like <coughs> pretty much the woman who started P Flag. Um, mm. It was never a big movie, but like she was a huge star when she did that movie, you know. And it's she just take, like she takes risks, taking like doing that to yeah. Yeah, I love her. I want her to. She should have one for Gorillas in the Mist. Like that movie, it's a perfect performance, and she runs around like a fucking gorilla, and she's incredible. I think we uh, need to get a cutout of her to lay on the couch, and we could lay it on a pumpkin. Yeah, and to lay on the pumpkin. Have you I guys think... ever seen that picture of Sigourney <laughs> Weaver laying on a couch with a on pumpkin? A gourd. <laughs> it's like just like it almost looks like it's from a catalog or something. Yeah, I think we. Need, I'm going. If... And she's just smiling, like, "Hey, look, I'm holding a pumpkin." I want to get a life size version of that cutout. <laughs> Like, sorry, just cozy up on the couch next to Sigourney. <laughs> I met Sigourney Weaver once in a um, an antique shop, and I was like hanging out with some boy, and he took me into some fancy shop where I couldn't afford to buy anything in there, and he was being really obnoxious, like kind of like flexing, like look at all this stuff I'm looking at in this store, but under cases and stuff. And as I kind of like wandered away, like I don't want to deal with you, and then the tallest woman I'd maybe ever seen in my life was like standing by me, and I like turned around and just then she looks down at me and smiles, Sigourney Weaver. Ginormous. She's like twice my size. <laughs> so if, I if felt I, like Newt. I like I was like, keep me safe. <laughs> they come out at night mostly. mostly. So pretty much, if I was standing on Chris's shoulders, 
We would be Sigourney. almost as tall as Sigourney Weaver. She is quite statuesque. That was not statuesque. like that was not like. Huff, huff. What if they? What, what what if we found out that they like redesigned the statue of the Oscars after she didn't win? They're like, but we're gonna redesign the Oscar special you. edition Oscar that looks like Sigourney. But I'd want it to be like her in Ghostbusters with like as her clothes kind of billowing. As long as it wouldn't look like the RuPaul statue that they gave that one year on Drag Race. That yeah, was no. like the terrifying. <laughs> ah, yeah, some scary Sigourney. Hi, Sigourney Weaver. All right, so let's talk about coulda, shoulda, what us. Coulda, shoulda, what up? It's always dangerous to talk about things like this, but I feel like this podcast is dangerous. Yeah, this is a dangerous episode. We're saying we're saying lots of um, opinions, hot takes. These hot takes are only those of us. They do not represent anybody else, even though no one represents this podcast but me and you. <laughs> <laughs> They don't represent the views of the people that... That's not true. They do represent the views of the people that run this con podcast. Um, All right. So do you want to do movies or actors first? Oh, 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 oh. Quick, quick, quick. Actors. Okay. So Kota Shirawadas. My very first one, 1962. We are both so caffeinated, you guys. My first one is 1962, and it is... Whatever happened to Baby Jane? See, it was there. I was. I'm sorry that I doubted you. That you no. missed such a iconic, iconic, groundbreaking. Film. Never, never, never doubt me. I'm sorry. So that's my oldest one too. Yeah, I think that that yeah, Betty Davis was not nominated for this movie. Um, is she nominated? I think that she. She was, and Joan Crawford was not. Okay, so she was. That was yeah. But she lost. She lost. And this was her last movie that she was nominated for in her career. So it would have been her final Oscar. Like, it would have been her last hurrah. But they were like, no. Not for they you. They won best costume design. That was what they did win. Yeah. That's kind of how it rolls. <laughs> 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 Great costumes. I love that makeup, kid. Uh, yeah. And then I don't have these all, like, in crazy order. I just kind of, like, it's a lot of streams. It's okay. We can just spit them out. All right. So Catherine Deneuve deserved one. For um, Repulsion, which I showed you during quarantine, you know, where she goes like crazy pants and it's a black and white it's a Polanski movie. Catherine Dunov, blonde, really cool, oh, pretty right. lady. That was where she really goes super crazy. Weird. We kind of talked about it around when we did the gaslighting episode. Um, one of the most iconic, amazing early 60s like horror performances. And yeah. she deserved a nomination for Shirzies. Um, Mia Farrow, obviously, super yeah. duper deserved it. Uh-huh. Um, Sissy and Piper getting nominations but not winning. I think that they both... I think Piper Laurie deserved to win, and I find it crazy that she didn't. And, yeah, Sissy Spacek, as much as she's an amazing older actress and stuff, I don't think anything will ever be that role, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think... I think she will be remembered as being Carrie White for the rest of her life. And Well, yeah. It's so iconic. And then, I mean, and also, but, I mean, Anna, I mean, she's... The father was a son of daughter, what, of a coal miner? What is the... What? Coal miner's daughter? Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, so... yeah, she has an Oscar, so it's okay. You know, Sissy's got one. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's Loretta Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sigourney, we just talked about, but I think that she should have won for Aliens, and I think she should have gotten nominated for Alien, but she didn't get nominated for that. But okay. she should have. Um I'm going to skip this one. Um, Isabella Jaini for this movie Possession. Have you ever seen Possession, babe? No. I haven't. We can watch it. I've shot it for the Halloween series before, too. Yeah. There is, like, some bad shit. You only need to watch, like, half the movie, and you already would be like, yeah, you deserve an award. Like, okay. she just, like, it does this Possession scene where she's, like, spitting something that looks like milk sort of all over an alley and writhing on the floor, and it is, like, 
she looks like she's legitimately possessed and you're like and you can't really figure out how she did it and she's an incredible actress Isabel um, I don't want to do that <laughs> uh, I also think Linda uh, yeah we talked about Linda Blair I think Linda Blair deserved to win as well and Ellen Burstyn probably did too I think yeah, Ellen Burstyn almost Ellen Burstyn pretty much always deserves to win like I still am so always. angry that she didn't win for Requiem for a Dream like it just how many Oscars does she have two two for what but she should be like, I think she should be in a league with Meryl Streep. Like, I don't think that Ellen Burstyn's any worse of an actor than Meryl Streep is. And Meryl Streep is always like, I've got 27 nominations or something. And like, I don't see why Ellen Burstyn's not in that same category. I mean, I 100% agree with you. And she's I older have... and she's like, I want, I would give her a award now. I would nominate her pretty, for everything else she does until the she end was, of her she time. Was re- she was really good in... Um... In that movie about the miscarriage that we saw yeah, this year. Yeah, in... Yes, but yeah, she was incredible. People thought she'd get nominated this year, and then she would be the oldest Best Supporting Actress nominee of all time, taking it from Gloria Stewart from Titanic. But, uh, but Did Sophia Loren get nominated this year? No. She didn't even get nominated? No. Yeah, they kind of messed up this year a little bit. They kind of ignored a lot of people. Um, and then, so those are my older-timey ones. The only other older-timey one I really want to mention is the one that I think deserves it the most and would have had her career change the most and would be in a completely different human space than she is in now if she had gotten hers. But I think that Shelley Duvall deserved a nomination and a win. Oh, yeah. I think that she's Ten million. probably my favorite horror female actor performance of all time. And I think it would absolutely have changed her life if she had won. Mm-hmm. and she deserved it. And I think it's kind of crazy that Jack didn't get nominated either. Like, it was, like, this thing that neither of them did, but, like, that movie didn't get nominated for fucking anything. Like, it, um... It really didn't do well when it first came out. No, it out. was not a loved movie when it came job. out. But, uh, and, but even though it had, like, one of the most respected directors and whatever. But I think, yeah, I can only imagine what her career would have turned into if she was a Best Actress winner, and she was in the trajectory to be that before that. In the 70s, she worked with Robert Altman a bunch. She was like, and Woody Allen. And she was kind of like in this precipice to be like a big thing. Like she was this ingenue that like was odd. And like, and she worked with these like auteur directors who just trusted her and loved her. And then she did the Stanley Kubrick movie, which should have on paper been like, okay, this is the next step on your career. Mm -hmm. But it got panned, especially her. She got like a Razzie nomination for it instead of a best actress nomination then she did popeye and then you just see the whole thing like disintegrate and it's like crazy to me tv um it's just crazy like and i think that if she had won she would have gotten a lot more roles in the 80s she would have been like treated like you know this high caliber actor which she really was but she still you know could you know be inside of her soul and a lot of the people that i always think of when i think of these like kind of like missteps are actor are, are female actors but there are a few guys that kind of stand out. Like, the Jack Nicholson st- thing stands out to me. Um, Tony Perkins from Psycho stands out to me hardcore. Okay. I think that he deserves to win Best Actor for that movie. It didn't nominate. You know, um, Jeremy Irons is in this movie called Dead Ringers that I've talked about with you once before, yes. where he plays twins that are both gynecologists. It's a David Cronenberg movie. Um, and he yeah. likes to, like, he has tools for mutilating women. <laughs> it is a very, 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 very disturbing movie, as most of David Cronenberg's movies are. But Dead Ringers is like another step. And I do not think it's a best picture type movie. I do not think it is like any sort of award worthy. I mean, I would give David Cronenberg awards for everything because I think he's a genius. But this performance by Jeremy Irons is incredible. And he plays two different characters. Uh It seems like the type of thing Oscars would normally like. But if the subject matter wasn't so dark, you know, like about mutilated vaginas, but it's like, I could never see Lion King 
and see Scar, like hear Scar's voice and not see these crazy doctors. When he's like, oh, goody. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> That's like what I imagine oh, in my head. No. <laughs> you have no idea. I'm like, oh, you're so scary. Uh, the only other two are both very unconventional, but I would throw out that I think Christian Bale gets nominated for so many different things, especially when he transforms himself. Mm-hmm. But in American Psycho, I think he transforms himself in a way that I've never since seen him be oh. and never before that. And he's every like no, gay boy I, like- I know. We're all like, woo, but like, <laughs> that serial killer's hot, you know. But it's the most charismatic I've ever seen him be in a movie. He usually has this off, kind of this like kind of standoffishy mm-hmm. persona. Even when he's like romantic in movies, there's like this wall sort of. And it's ironic that the character that lives like with a mask on for him and he's like emotionless is so charismatic. It could be because Christian Bale could be a psychopath. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he, uh, it's just something totally I've never seen him do before or since. And it's just like, and it's a brilliant performance. Yeah. And then my last one that is totally because he's my dad and because I love him so much, but also because comedy also gets really, really crazy ignored. I think that it, you would be hard pressed to find someone who devotes himself as hard to being completely unglamorous and completely prat folly and completely terrified and goofy at the same time as Bruce Campbell in <gasps> Evil Dead movies. Oh, and Bruce. I think that's another career that could be an amazing, amazing thing to see what would happen if we acknowledge that like people that do stuff like that are acting. Yeah. You know, like Bruce Campbell is not normally I mean, he's a goofball sort of in interviews, but he's not like the things he does in those movies. I cannot think of another actor that could ever do it. And you actually yeah. believe him. Like you go on that ride with him. Yeah, that movie totally. wouldn't work at all if, if he wasn't good. Right. If it was a normal horror movie from that time period with no budget or whatever, and the acting sucked, it wouldn't have worked at all. Yeah. But, but Evil Dead works so well and all because of them work because Bruce he's Campbell. in them. Yeah. You know, he's the reason that works. That's an award, you know. Modern times, it still happens all the time. It's been happening the last couple of years the most. You know, but, like, the biggest ones are, like, obviously Tony Collette. Tony Collette's never won any God of these things. God damn it. Give the goddamn woman an award. <laughs> yeah, Tony Collette basically is the reason we're doing this episode. Like, it's, like, just, like, <laughs> why, why, why are we doing this to her? Like, it's, she's given us so much. Why are we being such right? dicks to Tony, Tony Collette? What do we want from her? Like, she's, like, gained a bajillion pounds. She's lost a bajillion pounds. She's done every accent under the sun. She's... She dances to ABBA. She talks to dead people. She does anything we ask her to. And we're like, fuck off, Tony Collette. We're not giving you anything. <laughs> and she's like, all right, great. I'll see you next year. You all know, right, like, yeah. we're gonna do another, time. another, some more amazing work. God, I just want her to win something. Lupita Nyong'o did the same thing with us. Like, I'm doing two characters. They are completely different. I am also going to be terrified and also be an, a serial killer, like, woman. Psycho killer. Nothing. Not a damn thing. Like, we just ignore it. Um, mm. But we'll give you an award for the edgy movie that you did about slavery, you know, because that's the right thing to do to these old white men and not to be like, hey, you played two different characters and you're the lead. You carry this movie. I don't know if I agree with that statement. I think that it's I comfortable. Her role. No, I mean, I, her role in 12 Years a Slave is outrageous and so impactful. Oh my God. No, she's incredible in that movie. Like she's incredible. She absolutely deserves it. I'm just saying that like, give her another one. The, yes. <laughs> I'm saying that I'm not negating her deserving that award. She absolutely deserves that award. She just deserved another one. Yeah. Okay. Like there's only so many people that they even give two to. We've never done it for a black actor. Why not? Yeah. 
why the what the fuck does Lupita have not have that like Jodie Foster does? You know, like she deserves two. She deserves two as much as Frances McDormand deserves two. Yeah. Or as Ellen Burstyn does. I'm just I'm just saying that give her more. Bam. Give her more awards. <laughs> she deserves it. She played two characters. Give her two more. <laughs> <laughs> I think like Florence Pugh like got a lot of credit for being in Little Women. <sighs> the same year she did Midsummer, and Midsummer is harder. Oh my god, that was such more but of course, like yeah. But they gave it to the they'll nominate you for Little Women and ignore the fact that you did a horror movie where you went through this like the most grueling emotional process for which like, is the like entire total, movie. Which is the reason why she got nominated for Little Women because they did and they they didn't want to give it to a horror movie. Yeah, same thing with like Anya Taylor Joy is getting all this credit now, like because of Queen's Gambit and because of these other things. Like, oh, you're a really great actress. And you're like, yeah, we know she did it in The Witch a couple years ago, and you ignored her. Like. She carried that movie. It's really weird that young actresses tend to carry these movies and we completely disregard that. Like, yeah. we're always like, women can't hold a movie. Women can't carry cinema. Women can't do this. Women have been doing this in horror movies forever. Like, for and decades. All these movies from like, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween all the way yeah. through. Like, women carry these films. They are the reason we go to these movies. They're the people that we identify with. They're the people that we t- go through this journey with. And they're acting their asses off. And yeah. we ignore it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Lawrence and Michelle Pfeiffer deserved it for her mother. We ignored them. Mm-hmm. We'll give Jennifer Lawrence a nomination for friggin' anything, but we're not going to give it to her Red. when she rips her heart out for somebody. <laughs> Literally. Um, I'd like to say Tilda Swinton, too, also, all the time. Oh, but we need to talk about Kevin is the most grueling thing I've ever seen her do. They didn't give her one for that. You know, um, there's lesser known people, too, like Angela Bettis, who was like... Um, She's in this movie May that I've been wanting to show mm, you, yeah. and it's like um, I think it's one of the most under like under doggy like unspoken about horror films, and so 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 brilliant with like a supporting cast with like James Duvall and Anna Ferris and all these really cool people in it with her. But Angela Bettis is the girl that's like the, the anorexic and girl interrupted. Uh huh. And she just plays these kind of oddball characters, and she's so I'm good. I'm a fucking shrubba, right? Also, like, our friend Jordan Ladd, who does, like, our Jordy. opening does our opening montage as Carrie with us. Um, Jordan Ladd's in a movie called Grace. Yeah. That is breathtaking, the acting that she does, you know? And I think that if she had gotten nominations, like, she deserved to. Her yeah. career would be in a different place right now. You know, I think Angela Bettis also would be in a different place right now. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like... We're not just passing stuff out willy-nilly. Like, give awards to people who do something that is different, that mm-hmm. is shocking, that makes that stays with you. So you can also elevate somebody. You know, awards should be to bring shed light onto something, maybe. You know? Like, if you're not going to give the big movies, the big best picture things that we remember, and you're going to give it to something small, why don't we do that for actors? You know? Huh. Why are we going to give... Julia Roberts is in the Sandra Bullocks. This is the best actresses, and ignore these other actresses that really, really could use it to actually have their careers completely change. Because you know? they're women. Because they're women. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the reason. Even even Scarlett Johansson, and I know I get a lot of grief because I like Scarlett Johansson so much. Uh, she and she finally did get her nominations last year. Um, she got two. Because they had never nominated her for anything that she had ever done in her entire life. And she's in, like, all these movies that are, like, Best Picture nominated movies. And they just ignore that she's the lead or the reason that the movie's good. Yeah, that brassy, baritone blonde. But there's a movie called Under the Skin that came out, like, not so super duper long ago. That's a sci-fi horror film. Yeah. And she's the lead in that. And it, she 
performs in a way that I've never seen her do. She goes so undercover that they use real people in Scotland to interact with her and they don't know they're working with Scarlett Johansson. That's crazy. And the alien sequences in it are shocking. They're just as shocking as Possessor. And if you, like, that seems very similar to me, like, in the vibe. Okay. It's surreal. It's creepy. It should have won Best Score. It should have won Best Picture. It should have won Best Director. And it should have won Best Actress. But nobody saw it because it was too edgy and too weird. Too edgy. We're an edgy household. We like those things. Yeah. So if I had my way, there'd be a lot, a lot, a lot there'd be more a, hardware There would be for an entirely different, there'd be a whole lot, lot more hardware. Different Hollywood that we'd all be living in. A little in. different one. This year, we said Elizabeth Moss, you know, kind of bummed us out by not going to the Chainsaw Awards. I'm pretty sure she'd go to the Oscars if she got nominated. She should have been nominated this year for sure. For either Shirley, Shirley was so or Invisible Man. Good. I'm still so mad. Nobody saw it. That I mean, because it was, it was that was like right around when the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And then there was a performance by Andrea Riseborough in the movie Possessor. She's the lead in the movie oh, Possessor. That was so good. And she's been consistently putting out really incredible performances. And that's Brian Cronenberg's son. David Cronenberg's son. David yes. Cronenberg. Uh huh. That directed that. Yeah, and Andrea Riseborough is also in Mandy. She's like. She's Chaichu, oh, She's um putting out great stuff over and over and over mm-hmm. again. It, but yeah, it would have been nice to see both of them in it. Best actress was a tough category this year. Like a lot of people got left out that d- deserved to be there. You know, like yeah. So yeah, like Audra Day or whatever didn't get a nomination for the Billie Holiday movie, and she's which incredible. is so crazy. And she won the Golden Globe. And I love Viola Davis and I love Frances McDormand, and like they're both very very talented. I'd venture to say that. Viola Davis is a supporting part in that movie, but um, she doesn't seem to be in the movie as much as a lot of the other people that are in their categories. But she's just the title. Yeah, and she's very memorable, but she's not, you know, she's it's definitely not about in what's every going scene. on in the background. Yeah, but uh, so I mean, it might be, might have been nice for her to be in supporting and give some of these ingenues and these younger, kind of lesser known actors a chance to shine. But, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> could have, should have, would have. That's why they could have, should have, would have. A lot of these movies that we um, are going to end up on, we've kind of already talked about. Like, we talked about Rosemary's Baby and Night of the Living Dead. The year that they were both out and didn't get nominated for any sort of Oscar attention. There were riots in the streets. The movie that won Best Picture oh, no, tell me. was Oliver. What? The musical Oliver. Oh, no. Please, sir, may I have some more? Yeah, yeah. And not the ones with the dogs. No. Not Oliver and Company. <laughs> That's the 80s. That's almost as bad, though. And I love Oliver. I was in Oliver in high school. It was my musical. Like, my junior Oliver, year of high school. You? No, I was Dodger. Oh. I was like, consider yourself at home. <laughs> <laughs> that was my part. I wish you would have I wore, like, a little, a little, a little top hat. Consider yourself part of the furniture. <laughs> We've taken to you so strong. Anyway, um, <laughs> so stupid. There's this song that I have to sing with like the hooker character, Nancy, and I have to go like, Nancy. I'd do anything for you, dear. Anything. Anyway, so yeah, I know Oliver. I'm not like being a rude, crass, anti-musical no. person. But Night of the Living Dead, Rosemary's Baby, a million times better. But you know what's even more fucked up? Both of those shouldn't have won. The movie that should have won is 2001. And you know why? Because it's the best goddamn science fiction movie ever made. And yeah. was it nominated? <laughs> no! <laughs> no 2001. Woo! No Night of the Living Dead. No Rosemary's Baby. Let's give it to <coughs> fucking Oliver. Wow. <laughs> That's how this shit rolls. 
Um, we, yeah, mentioned Frankenstein. Grand Hotel, which is considered one of the greatest, like, old-timey movies. Uh-huh. Grand Hotel won. Frankenstein should have, but Grand Hotel did. Frankenstein wasn't nominated, so it wasn't even an option. <laughs> Psycho, amazing. The Apartment One, another movie that everyone's like, it's a lovely film. It's I haven't seen it. Film. I believe that it's great. Psycho's better. <laughs> Psycho's more iconic. The Thing wasn't nominated, obviously. It wasn't nominated for fucking anything. Uh-uh. It holds up as being one of the best movies from that year. Um, Gandhi won that year. I mean, Nobody's ever like, I want to rewatch Gandhi from 1982. <laughs> like, I mean, no. No one ever really does. The movie that won that year was uh, Gandhi. What should have won that year is E.T. Uh, we have some biasness in the podcasting room. I think the f- idea of E.T. losing Best Picture to Gandhi it goes down in history as my least favorite thing that's ever happened at the Oscars. Like shoveled up old little, little E.T. What if they literally? It. What if they were the same movie? What if Gandhi and E.T. were the same movie? I mean, if you think about it. Just a little tiny... <laughs> that goes to so many places that I'm not going to let this conversation go to. <laughs> I'm guiding this in a different direction. I will also put out there that my favorite horror film, besides Jaws, uh, um, Poltergeist was also that year, too. Okay. That year was fucking great. I mean, Poltergeist, I, I feel I feel like that 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 is another one of those, like, controversial awesome. movies where people aren't so... No, say if it's horror or not. What? So. Haunted House, totally horror. I, also, Joe Beth Williams, where's her Oscar? Yes. She's another she's actress. She's so amazing that she in that movie. She's so good in that movie in every single moment, especially the quiet moments. And like a lot of these movies, you're going to think like they're just screaming and running around. But a lot of these movies have these moments that are like these quiet, beautiful moments that, mm-hmm. that really showcase like when she can like smell her daughter on her clothes mm. and she's sitting up all night. Joe Beth Williams. I just really one. liked when she was playing with the poltergeist in the very beginning. Yeah, like giggling She's and like so having cute. the daughter like slide across the kid, like, ah, floor with the football helmet on. Yeah, mommy, it's starting to burn. Oh, I'm sorry. It's I need to wax the floors. <laughs> I'm like, honey, how long have you been doing this with our daughter just now? As far as the rest of the movies, we've kind of talked about them. The only, you know, it's The Shining and. Shining Lost Ordinary People. Lost being that it wasn't nominated, but the movie that did win was Ordinary People. Jaws lost to Cuckoo's Nest. There's arguably Cuckoo's that... Cuckoo's Nest, one flew over? One flew over the, the Cuckoo's, Cuckoo's Nest, Nest beat Jaws okay. at the Oscars. I mean... That makes sense to me. Yes. I can't really, you know, work of art. My work. favorite movie of all time, work of art. Work of art deserves to win. But a lot of these are like kind of whatever... The Sting beat Exorcist, which I think is kind of, it's, people like it. Straight dudes are going to be I like, think yeah, that, of course. Well, yeah, well, I th- it's also, I think it's such a, it's such a controversial movie still, just because it strictly deals with the devil. I think Exorcist should have won. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Get Out Lost a Shape of Water. I'm okay with that. Alien should have probably been nominated the year that it came out. It wasn't, but it yeah. should have been. Kramer and Kramer. Kramer versus Kramer is the movie that won that year. I love that Kramer versus Kramer. Do you like Alien better or Kramer versus Kramer? Alien. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a better movie. You know, like it's whatever. I don't know. No, I get it. No, the I, thing I, that, I, I, the I, one that I, I think deserves to win an Oscar that didn't, that should have more than any of these that we talked about. And I will end it on this. And I will recommend this as my Daddy Fox's pick of the, of the week. Woo-hoo. If you haven't seen it yet. It's not as old as a lot of the movies that I pick for this usually. This is actually from the, like this 
century, like this, like last twenty. Anything after two thousand is the same century to me. So like, in time in the last twenty years is ten years, but. Pan's Labyrinth, I think, is oh. one of the greatest pieces of cinema that has come out in the last 20 years. But that one is a ton of stuff. It was nominated for six Oscars. Right. Uh, it won three, and it lost three. It was up for Best Foreign Language Film. Uh-huh, and it won And that. it lost. What? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? Oh. I forgot. And it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Oh. But it was nominated for, you know five other Oscars that were major awards. Which is rare for movies that are foreign to get that. Right. And then not even get in the Best Picture lineup. That's so... And it uh, and it won for Art Direction, which is like the look of the movie. Right. It won for Makeup, obviously, because the makeup is incredible. And it won for Cinematography, which is like a major award. Like... So anything visual about the movie, it's so like, makeup, next it's time art maybe design, it's cinematography. That's pretty much like what the yeah. Academy is saying. It was next literally time, like, just pretty much do it in English. Can you remake this in English and then we'll give it a best picture? And then wow. basically Guillermo del Toro did Shape of Water in English and then won. Uh. And I really <laughs> think, because it's the same director, I think that if Guillermo had gotten his for Pan's Labyrinth, Get Out would have won best picture that year. Yeah. They needed to fix what they did. It's my hot take for the end of this. I mean, there are so many politics in mm-hmm. the Oscars. Like, there, it is It is a political game. Pan's Labyrinth, I think, if you haven't seen it in a long time, or if you've meant to watch it and never have because you've been, like, intimidated that there's subtitles in it or whatever, a lot of it is so visual, you don't really need to even pay attention yeah. to dialogue. So like, don't oh. let that disturb you. Or disturb you. <laughs> deter Deep, you. Yeah. Uh... It is my favorite movie from that decade. It is heartbreaking. It is truly horror, but it's also truly fantasy. Yeah. And I can't recommend it enough. Uh, So, yeah, that's my pick for you guys for this week while you're waiting for our next episode. Uh, Don't forget that in between watching things about fairy-eating monsters and little kids digging out things from frogs in trees (laughs) don't forget that on sunday is the real oscars so if you want to see one more lackluster award show we have one more to watch and then hopefully next year things will open up we'll have red carpets again people can wear fancy outfits and do funny things and maybe stay in the bathroom by accident when they win their award and all the things that we watch these award shows to see that's so exciting Ugh, will happen next year this is the last one for the award season we just go through this on sunday and then on Monday, <gasps> watch my TV show. Yeah! Exposure on Hulu will drop on Monday, April 26th. I hope you guys like it. I hope I like it. I don't know what to expect yet. It's going to be great. The commercials are funny. I seem very um, very adorable. Yeah. <laughs> I seem stressed out. Like, there's quotes. I'm so that's, stressed that's out. That's literally verbatim quote. Oh, my goodness. You, so, look, you, you look amazing. The show looks really great. It's, I'm uh, excited for you guys to all see it. Me, too. It's going to be really cool. So watch the Oscars on Sunday. Watch Exposure on Monday. And as always, follow us on all the social media. Yeah. Medias. We got um, at the Dirty Pillows, which is our Instagram. And then um, on the Twitter, we're... At Dirty Pillows, um, at Dirty Pillows Podcast, um, and feel free to shoot us emails um, at Dirty Pillows Podcast at gmail.com. and I think that's just about it. We will see you guys next week. Yeah, 
And until then, just remember that me and Maddie, always and forever, we love you, you to, to death. death. Well, I'm to do to you, fair Spanish ladies.